0: Hey, it's Dan Class. Welcome back to the Pitter's Pill. This is a re-podcast of an old episode, episode uh, a premium pill episode. Frankly, uh, episode number one fifty nine. Christmas time is here again. Back from uh, December of two thousand eight, so you can't hold anything I said against me now, because that was you know eight. This is eleven. Yeah, you, know, you understand what I'm saying. Anyway, apparently, actually, not a bad uh, episode based on feedback. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what I said. Listen at your own peril, but. As always, it's that time of year. If you're not a premium subscriber and you would like to be for free-ish for a while, listen, my gift to you every year, basically, this time of year, is if you sign up for the premium pill now, you get a month free. Cancel any time. I believe the pill will be free from today, which is December, whatever it is. I know we're getting a late start. Holy cow, aren't we? Basically from December, let's say, uh, 10th, which is already passed, till probably about January 4th. So if you just sign up between now and January 4th, 2012, you will get 30 days from the time uh, you sign up of the Bitter's Pill absolutely free. Which I think will include, you know, at least three just right off the bat, you know, episodes in the old cache. The cachet. You understand. Anyway, listen, enough of that jibber jabber. Have happy holidays. Regardless of the holiday that you're happying, have a happy one. Uh, and please enjoy this rebroadcast, podcast, release, re-whatever, of Premium Pill episode number 159. This episode and all past Premium Episodes, give or take, not all of them, you know what I mean. The first year is Pillbox, the second year is Pillbox 2. Get them at the Premium, uh, get them at uh, uh, the Bitterest Pill, I should script these, shouldn't I? Get them at thebitterestpill.com. Here's the show. Happy Holidays. If you want a seat saved so badly, don't put me three, like six degrees of separation in charge of your seat. I don't know you. I don't know you. This is Merry Christmas. You have just ruined Christmas. I don't know you. I don't know you. Hey, happy holidays. Welcome to the Bitter Spills. Uh Dan Class. You know, stay at home dad. Uh shut in. Dan Class recording in my freezing cold garage here under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. You know. Uh if you're new to the show, uh, uh thanks for stopping Ben. Yeah, I'm basically uh, you know, stay at home dad. I'm on I'm on my um I'm at the very end actually. I'm I'm kinda closing in on the end of my tenth year as a stay at home dad. Former comedian, failed actor, um, uh, you know, agoraphobic soon? We'll see. I'm kind of working on some agoraphobia, maybe. Ah, uh, not not really. I, I don't, I don't get out much, though. But, so, these are the record. these are the recordings
1: of the bitterest pill.
0: Like sands through the hourglass. So, my friends, this is the holiday, uh, episode of the show. Thank all of you for downloading. Premium, free subscriber, any subscriber, any, you just happen to wander by, thank you. And happy holidays. I I will uh, probably be speaking quite a bit about Christmas, basically because uh, that's what I celebrate. I don't celebrate Christmas to antagonize you because you don't uh, celebrate Christmas. And I don't celebrate Christmas to uh, make any sort of point other than I believe in Santa Claus. I believe in Santa Claus and Rudolph and ho-ho-ho and stop-motion animation and, you know, goodwill to man.
2: So there. So,
0: so you know, listen here. Okay. You know, it's the holiday season and you know I have kids. Being a stay-at-home dad, one of the prerequisites, and there are a few. One of the prerequisites of being a stay-at-home dad is you, you have to have kids. I know it seems a little picky. Maybe to some of you, but no that that apparently is a fairly major you know whatever, so uh because I have kids, we now, we especially now they go to the same school, they go to the same you know K through eight school, private school here in Los Angeles. they have a winter program now, a winter program is essentially a holiday show without the word "holiday. You know, they want to have a big celebration that the holidays are here, but they don't want to offend anyone, you know? So it's a holiday. It's not, excuse no, no, don't, no, it's not a holiday. It's not a holiday. It is a winter program. And they really go out of their way to, like I say, avoid, right? Avoid, avoid, don't, don't lean into it. Lean back, lean away, lean away, uh, whatever you do, which I guess is understandable and fine, you know, whatever, but. So I say to the kids, hey, kids, you know, you guys working on your winter program? Yes, we are. Well, what are you going to do? We're going to sing songs. Really? Well, what, what kind of songs? So, uh, you know, H says, uh, we're, we're learning staying Alive. You know, Dad, by the Bee Gees. You ever heard of them? We are doing staying Alive. And then my daughter says she's uh, going to do abc by the jackson five now i cannot i can't think of two songs more fitting for the holiday slash winter slash whatever festival we're doing whatever the winter what i mean seriously when you think winter and sleigh bells and ho-ho and snow and what don't you think of uh the jackson five and the Bee Gees,
2: little boys and grown men singing in falsetto i know i do so i say to the kids well
0: I mean, those are great songs, and trust me, when you're my age, you know, in your 40s, mid-40s, uh, those, those songs are near and dear to your heart. Those songs are part of the very fabric of my being. You got to understand, staying Alive and ABC, obviously not in that order, major, 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 huge, like, you know, key stones of the, the wall that is, uh, you know, whatever I'm doing here. Well, why are you doing those? I say, because I'm trying to work this out in my head without, you know, being too whatever. Well, um, you know, Princess T is doing um ABC because that's the 70s. And I'm doing uh, Stand Alive because we're also doing the 70s. But we're doing like these different decades. Some of the kids are doing songs from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Apparently the 90s were worth just skip. They skipped right over, I guess, the 90s and then into the future.
2: So I said, "Great, hey, what, what, you know, what a
0: great kind of, you know, the beginning of the '70s and youth culture and you know, integration and all the Jackson Five kind of bridging the gaps, and then the Bee Gees with the Froso, the Dick, kind of the end of the '70s, the whole disco thing." Okay, I, I mean, I, I guess. So it's kind of funny to hear your, you know, nine-year-old son singing the Bee Gees. Singing, you can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man. <laughs> no time for talk. I mean, if you think, you know. Like, do you really need a nine-year-old? Because you got to keep in mind the head of school, you know, will give these big speeches about we do not need to thrust these children into adolescence any sooner than they need to be. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: here they are doing stand Alive. Worrying about the New York Times and doing, you know, blow.
0: It's, it's Studio 54. Here's, here's the fourth grade. Well, then much to my dismay, and I, you know, I don't know how this stuff works. My daughter comes home one day and says she's no longer doing uh, ABC by the Jackson 5. And again, I'm kind of bummed because, I, you know, I hey, listen, I love the Jackson 5. I have all the Jackson 5, uh, well, okay, I have a couple Jackson 5 uh, LPs here. I always have. One of the first albums I ever bought was the ABC album of the Jackson Five. Stop the love you save may be your own. I want you back. ABC two four six eight. Who you be- la 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 means I love you. You betcha. All that. I found that girl. We played that at our wedding. I love the ABC. No, they're not doing ABC anymore. Now they're doing the Age of Aquarius. Oh, okay. When the moon is in the seventh house, and Jupiter, rise, it's all this kind of vague mysticism, I think, isn't it? Do they talk about war? Well, you know what? Let them talk about war. Do, do I care? Just learn the song. So then, uh, you know, when the kids are out shopping for, um, you know, tie-dyed shirts and um, disco attire for the big winter program. They ended up running into uh, one of our friends from school, one of the, you know, the moms of uh, one of Hudson's classmates, you know, uh, Marie. And Marie, this is what they have this big conversation, like, oh, you know, and uh, Princess T's doing, uh, you know, Aquarius and uh, H is in the group with uh, her daughter and the other daughter they're doing uh, Staying Alive. And they all keep, and Marie keeps insisting apparently to Melissa that the age of Aquarius is from the 70s. And for some reason, that kind of comes up in conversation with me once they get home. Now, you know me. This drives me crazy because I am fairly certain that the age of Aquarius is from hair. And I'm pretty sure the age of Aquarius is from hair because it's a hippie song. And I'm pretty sure the hippies were around in the 60s. I'm 45 years old. I think I know what happened in the 60s, 70s. I think I can differentiate between the decades. Yeah, no, Marie was pretty sure that it's a 70s. They're doing the 70s. Both our kids actually happened just coincidentally to be in the 70s. Staying alive in the 70s? Oh, no, 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 it wasn't even that, actually. No, it wasn't even that. The school was insisting. No, 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 I'm getting this all wrong. The school was saying that the age of Aquarius was in the 70s because that's how they could swap it out with ABC. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And Marie, no, was actually saying that staying alive was in the 80s. And that the school was wrong for saying it was in the 70s. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, if I, I don't know anything, I mean, honestly, I don't know a damn thing. Seriously, I know how to record this show, how to put it together, how to upload it to the internet. I know when the Jackson 5 AVC record came out. I know that hair is about the seven and six. No, see, that now they're, now they're messing me up. Now I don't know. A, now I know nothing. Now they've got me saying that hair is from the 70s. Hair is from... Hair? you got to stop it. I almost did a production of hair this summer after my senior year, but I was too busy trying to make out with girls. I couldn't drive to Webster. Okay, let's calm down. Okay, so the school is insisting that age of Aquarius is from the 70s, which I now I've got to do research on that. Marie is insisting, you know, I love her, but... She's insisting that staying Alive isn't from the 70s, that it's from the 80s, and I know it's from the 70s because you have no idea at my age how pivotal that record was. That was when we were dancing and the girls were dancing and you could dance with the girls and then you could do, uh, you know, you dance with the girls, are you following me? That was the age when I was dancing with girls. Just starting to do some dancing with the girls. I know what year it was. It was probably 1976, uh, 7, eight, somewhere in there. Trust me, it was not the 80s. We were, de- were, no.
2: So I look it up on Wikipedia.
0: Yeah, The Age of Aquarius from the musical Hair. It was already workshopped and on Broadway by 1968. Because you know why? Because it's about hippies and the Vietnam War. Will you just relax? But I think they wanted to do, you know, they had other songs. I hate this. They they had other songs they wanted to do for the 60s, like Yellow Submarine and uh, something else. So apparently, so so this, you know,
2: I can't take it. So let's be very clear. The Jackson 5, 70s. Hair, 60s. Staying Alive, 70s.
0: And then for the 80s, they did Celebration, which, you know... I guess that's an 80s song. Okay. You want to do Celebration? That's fine. But listen, I got to go into these winter programs with an open mind. You know why? Because everyone else is there and I can't just, you know, sit there and grind my teeth. And it was a lovely, it was a lovely uh, production. Absolutely. You can always tell when the, like... (laughs) The the crowd usually really enjoys the show, but boy, they really enjoy the show when it's the littlest kids because all the parents of the little. They've never seen their kid do anything. They're like, oh, my God, my kid can stand without me. Look at that. Ah." You know. When you've got a kid in what fourth grade, like, yeah, hey, great. He didn't mess up his outfit before the show. Fantastic. No, it was very nice. It was very lovely. The kids did a great job and they're singing and they're dancing. And one thing I do not want to be, and this is, I didn't even want to talk about any of that. This is what I
2: did want to talk about, though, as far as the winter program goes.
0: Appearance, parents, listen to me. These are stressful situations where you show up, you think you're early. Everyone else was early-er. There's nowhere to sit, okay? So there's a lot of kind of jockeying around
2: for a seat. You with me?
0: I don't uh, I want to outlaw, you know, because at the school, there are all these they're all every time every year. There's more rules. You can't do this. You can't do it. Now you can't you can't get out of your seat to videotape or, or photograph your kid. You got to stay in your seat because we hired someone who's going to videotape the whole thing and sell it to you on a DVD for ten dollars. Oh, my gosh, ten dollars. That's so reasonable. Yeah, I guess what for a long shot of the entire show. Baby, the reason I bring the video camera is so I can see my kid with the 10, you know, the 1020 digital X zoom. I can see the viewfinder. of. The, I mean, she got this big high definition camera. Could you zoom in on someone? But anyway, you keep distracting me. The, the point I'm making is this. You should not be allowed to safe seats. Or rather, no, 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 I, I take that back. You should be allowed to save a seat if you are occupying a seat and you're saving the seat for a blood or law relative. Right? So if you're there and your spouse isn't there, or if you're there and your spouse has to go hobnob or something, then I think if you sit in a seat, doesn't this seem fair? If you sit in a seat, you can save her or his seat. No problem. Okay? Maybe a close friend, maybe, I don't know, maybe special uh, dispensation for a really close friend whose spouse is not there to say, maybe I'm, I'm. Uh, we're, we're still working on that one. But what happens is, so I, I come in, Melissa's, you know, she's not with me. She's going to come a little bit later. I'm going to go super early and get us some seats. Well, everyone else was super, super early or something. <clears throat> so there are no seats in the kind of front and there's no seats in the middle. So I'm in the back and I see Marie. Hey, how are you? Fine. Are these seats taken? Well, yeah, these seats are taken, she says. These three. But not this one and not this one. And I say, well, can Melissa and I sit with you? Sure. Like I say, these are not taken. These are free. Great. So I sit down and, and, you know, and she says, yeah, some guy came and wanted me to save these seats. And she kind of points in the direction of this guy into the crowd. I don't know, you know. There's just there's people every milling about and chit chatting or whatever, and I'm fine, and I'm kind of uh, anxious because I gotta you know I'm on videotape duty, and I'm sort of sitting between uh, excuse me behind the videotape woman, the hired woman, she gets this big pedestal for her tripod, and her big you know big high def camera and her long shot lens, so I'm gonna have to somehow shoot kind of between her tripod legs. To get my shot, I hope this works out, holy cow. So, you know, she and I are talking, Marie. Marie and I are talking because, you know, she knows all these people are getting laid off. She works for one of the studios. All these people are getting laid off, and it's such a bad time of year to get laid off. And everyone's getting laid off. We're kind of talking about, you know, this, that, and the economy, and all all these things. And and she's getting a little worried about, like, where where the heck's Melissa? Because we're saving the seat. And everyone's kind of creating save-seat tension. And the director of the school is even coming kind of on. Hey, listen, if you're saving a seat, this is your three minute warning. We're going to release those seats because I'm in charge. So I'm starting to get worried about Melissa's seat. So then, so then Marie says, You know what? Hold, watch my seat. I'll be right back. And I, I forget if she had to go say hi to someone or go to the ladies' room. I don't remember. And I have no problem. Again, see, this is the close friend, uh, you know, whatever dispensation. That's fine. So she says, I'll be right back. Can you keep an eye on my purse? Now, her purse is on the seat. So it's actually the purse is saving the seat. I'm just guarding the purse like one of these people is going to take her purse. You know what I'm saying? So then, of course, right? Perfect timing. Because I'm looking around the room waiting for Melissa. She's not there. Where is she? I don't know. Why is it taking her this long? Listen, this thing is going to start soon. He's giving us the three-minute warning. And then a guy walks up, this young uh, you know, guy with his wife and a kid. Oh, um. where did the lady go? She was saving these seats for us. These are, these are saved seats, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's like, well, where'd she go? Well, she had, she'll be right back. So he goes, okay. So he takes the bandana. There was a bandana on the end seat. He takes the bandana. He says, oh, thanks a lot. And he puts the bandana on
2: the purse, okay? So I'm like, oh, yeah, no
0: problem, no problem. Yeah, she'll be back in a couple seconds. So then she comes back, and she sits down. So now she's sitting. I'm on the end, and then she's sitting next to me, and then there's the empty Melissa seat that we're saving next to her. Or no, actually, she moves in, so now the empty seat is between us. And then she's next to this guy and his little family there.
2: Oh, wait, no, 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 I take that back. I take that back. She's not back yet. And that's why it was so bad.
0: So she's not back and I'm waiting for Melissa. And then this guy shows up, this other guy, this older guy, this kind of CEO, like old school CEO guy, like 65 white, thick hair, perfect sweater guy. And he blows right by the young guy in his family and goes to me who he's never spoken to. And he says, where's the lady that was saving these seats for me?
2: And I say, what do you mean? And he says, there was a woman here who was saving these seats for me. Where is she? Is this your bandana?
0: And I say, no, it's not. And, he, and he's, getting, he's getting PO'd, but in that kind of like totally condescending, I'm the CEO and you've let me down mailroom boy way. He's like, well, this is my son's bandana.
2: She was saving those seats.
0: Okay, listen, old man, uh, we, we got a choice here. Either I can just sit here and very meekly say to you, I'm sorry, or I can scream at you, listen, jackass, if you want to save a seat, sit your bony ass down in the seat. If you want a seat saved so badly, don't put me three like six degrees of separation in charge of your seat. I don't know you. If it's more important for you to hobnob than it is for you to save a seat, then go hobnob or save your seat. It's up to you. Why are you giving me grief at the holiday program when they're going to sing The Age of Aquarius and pretend it's from the 70s and you're upset with me because I didn't save you, guy who I've never seen before,
2: a seat? Take it
0: up with the guy that conned me out of your seat. Why are you coming down on me? I'm not sitting in your seat. I'm sitting in my seat. It's always been my seat because I'm sitting in my seat. If you want to be in your seat, take it up with the guy sitting in your seat.
1: We wish you a Merry Christmas And, and a, a Happy, Happy New Year, Year. Tiny's we bring to you and your kin The tiny's for Christmas And a, and a Happy, Happy New Year. Year We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas And a Happy, Happy New Year, Year. and a happy Happy new year Year. we wish you a merry christmas Christmas. we wish you a merry christmas Christmas. we wish you a merry christmas Christmas. and a happy new
0: year yeah well every year you know you want to get the you want to get the kids something cool okay you want to get your kids something cool so now this is before christmas so i i I can't go into any, any details and i i don't want I got to somehow get this online without my son listening to it, which I think is going to be easy enough. But okay, so here's the story, though. My wife and I have no idea what to get the kids, particularly
2: the H-man, this year for Christmas. So we decide on something.
0: And it's a very popular gift. Now, it was one of those things we had. No, I, I never assumed we'd ever buy something like this. And one day, Melissa just sends me an email like, you know, we sh- maybe we should get them one of these. And if so, we got to do it right now because they're selling out quickly. So, of course, I don't jump on it right away because we've never really this is the like we've never talked about it. And now she's sending me an email like we should jump on this. And she's not even in town. She's out of town and she's working. She's on me. She got these meetings back to back and it's this and that. So I, I'll admit. Apparently, now that I've been yelled at by her, I do understand that I should have called her about it right away. Or better yet, I should have just bought it right away, even though we had never spoken about it. Just her sending me that email now that I've been yelled at about it. I do understand. The belittling works. I do get it. Okay, when I get an email from you that says, hey, you know what? I know we've never, ever talked about buying a Cadillac, but buy one right now. In an email, no, I, I really should just jump on that right away without waiting until we talk later in the day and going, hey, um, since when are we going to buy a Cadillac? So I didn't jump on it right away. And then so that night, she said, well, did you get the thing? And I well, no, I didn't get the thing. I, uh, uh, no, I thought we would talk about it, but I was kind of waiting for you to call me. Well, why were you waiting to call me? You should have called. called me. I wasn't going to call you. You should call me. Well, you're in a meeting. I'm not in a meeting. I'm here doing dishes. I'm here doing dishes, doing laundry, and editing podcasts. You can call me anytime. You're in meetings with big people who think they're very important. I can't just be calling you. Call me. You should have called me.
2: So I go online to get this thing. And and
0: I follow her link. And her link leads me somewhere that says, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. Oh, that's so funny that you thought you were going to buy this right now. Because we're out. This is one of the most popular
2: gifts of the year, you idiot. You can order one,
0: but we're not going to send it to you. Not for a long, long time. So I say to my wife, wife, I uh, went to that website and I tried to order the thing that we didn't talk about until just now. But they're telling me that they don't have them. And now, of course, I'm in trouble because she insists that yesterday they had them. Yesterday they had them, and I went through the process. And, blah, 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 and I say, well, I don't think so. Really, I'm the guy that has to do all kind of, except for buying stuff from Amazon and oldnavy.com for the kids. I'm, I'm always, like, involved with this stuff, and now suddenly I'm, hello? Then why didn't you buy
2: it? If you could buy it yesterday, why didn't you buy it? It's not the issue my My messing up is always the issue. trust me,
0: so she insists that she could have bought it yesterday, and I have now completely ruined Christmas because I didn't jump on it. So I assure her that I will find one somewhere online because she says that they're gone they're gone there's no they're no more you can't get them anymore. You blew it. Well, I will find one. So I go online, I go here, I go there, I go here, I go there. Now, unless we're willing to spend about twice what it's worth, I'm having a little bit of trouble finding one. You can always go to eBay around this time of year and buy, and buy anything you want for about twice what it's worth. That's not really, I'm not okay. I want to buy it from, I don't want to, first of all, I, uh, no, I, I want to buy it from a legitimate source. But all the legitimate were sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. Do you know what day it is? Sold out, idiot. Now, I knew it was close to Christmas. I didn't realize it was that close to Christmas at the time. Now, this is a couple of weeks ago. It's now way too close. Obviously, I would never go online now and try to get anything because it's way too close now. But this was a couple weeks, couple of weeks, maybe three. Well, I finally find one. You got them in stock. Look, they got them in stock. This is great. I can order this thing now. Listen, I'm going to pay, I have to admit, close to, you know, probably $7,500 more than it's would normally retail for in, in the summer. But I don't care. I need it. And I need it now. So I pull the trigger. I get out the credit card. I do the thing. I do the thing. Now, this is a company. Well, I'll tell you who it is. It was CDW. Now, CDW is a. Uh, some computer company, right? They're a computer hardware, software. Um, I don't know what else they sell. Game stuff, They're, you know, a bunch of stuff. And I've bought stuff from them before. I don't remember what, but it was something cause I, all my stuff was right in their system. No problem. Address, all that stuff. Um, and they can get it to me and we're going to, ship it. And it's going to be here in, uh, you know, five to seven business day- days or six to nine business days. And I look at my calendar and business and a like, perfect. It's going to be here in plenty of time. I'm going to have a good week because it was a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to have a week buffer of just like, ah, it's here. It's going to ah, be here for a week before Christmas. And I'm so happy. And we get a couple of things to go with it. Uh, from other companies all oh, it's going to be this great thing it's going to be so surprising the kids will never know we ever bought. they're not it's going to be great well you know all the stuff from amazon is showing up all the stuff from old com, like oh you know kids clothes that you know we're buying coats and things to go back east so we don't freeze and all the everything's showing up except the big thing from cdw And the big thing, I mean, that's the big thing. That's the big grand finale of Christmas is this thing from CDW. And it's not showing up and it's not showing up. And I'm thinking, you know why it's not showing up? It's because they said, listen, they said five to nine business. And all this Amazon stuff is just coming out. Boom, 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 boom. You can't compare them. Okay. You've got to wait your five to nine or whatever it is business day. So just chill out everything is fine you've got your confirmation email you've got the email that comes back saying we're going to send you a confirmation email i love those you just bought something from us we're going to send you a confirmation what's this okay but i think on a lark one day now melissa goes she's got to do some shopping so the kids are in school it's a very end of you got to get all this done before school's out obviously for timing reasons availability reasons. you got to get it done so she's out doing some last minute shopping. I'm at the house. and I'm working on uh, ARF. We're putting an ARF Christmas thing together, supposedly. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So I'm working on ARF. And I think, you know, before I sit down and really get back into this, I'm going to just double check with CDW about the delivery. Because it, it could have been here yesterday or before yesterday. I'm, I just, I'm feeling some anxiety. And I just so I can just sit down and relax and edit this show and do the 18,000 layers of video that it takes to make this stupid puppet show is all my idea. I'm so, you know, I'm just going to go. I mean, they're going to call them or I'm going to go online. I got to check. Oh, wait, no. You know what? My confirmation email. Let's see. No, I've got I've I've got the order number, the confirmation number. I've got all that stuff. I can just go online and I can find out I'm fairly certain when it's going to be delivered. So I go cdw.com, whatever it is, and I put in my uh order number, whatever you know, whatever they ask for. I put it in. And um at first, you know, it's kind of weird because you see the words on the screen and you see that they're in red. And you kinda don't get it at first because you're trying to figure out if your package is going to be delivered that day or the next day, and they're claiming that the order. Uh, was canceled. The order that you placed 14 calendar days ago, apparently, according to the website, has been canceled. And you think to yourself, you know, self, I am fairly certain that if I canceled an order for the big kahuna gift, of 2008 i would remember because i would have it in my hand right now like like there's no i'm trying to think there's is there any hmm, let me think is there any reason in hell i would have canceled no really can't think of anything no no really it's short of the kids evaporating into a, a you know pulpy mist And somehow just whatever, or me waking up and, uh, you know, realizing that JR shot me or something like that, like this has all been some weird uh, 10-year dream. I'm not canceling the thing. But it's canceled.
2: So I call CDW. And I say,
0: hi there. Hey. Um. Okay. uh, Hi. Listen, I got an order number here. And the website, and can you I don't even want to say. I just here's the order number. 123 XYZ. What what it you know, I'm I'm trying to check on the delivery. What what's it say on your end there? Uh sir. And he says, Oh, well, uh, hmm, yes. Seems that your uh order has been cancelled. Really? <laughs> really? Really? Hey, listen. Um, why, 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 why would you do that? Why would you do that to me? On it's this is the this is Merry Christmas. You have just ruined Christmas, jackass. What? Why? 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 How? And why? Well, uh, sir. Um, it seems that there was a question
2: that the credit department had.
0: Uh huh. Yes, they 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 must have had a, some question, maybe about your payment method or um, you know, something something like that.
2: Uh huh. And then, I, I don't know, sir. And then um, I and then uh, you know somehow it got canceled. Uh huh. Do you have CDW man?
0: Do do you, because I know the answer to this question, but I just just want you, can you just confirm, just for a second, can you confirm for me, Merry Christmas, by the way, that you have my uh, email address? Yes, sir, we do. Do you, CDW, have my phone number? Do you have it? Begins with either 323 or 310. Do you have one of my phone numbers? Do you have one of those? Do you have what in the computer? See where it says canceled. Anywhere near where it says canceled? Does it have a number? A long way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine. Whatever it is, digit number that either begins with three two three or three one zero. Do you have one of those? Yes, sir, we do. Then why, 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 why didn't you write me an email or call me? You have just
2: ruined Christmas for me! These are
0: his words of of consolation to me. As I am literally choking down some sort of grand mall panic attack, crying jag, uh, stroke... As I'm basically trying to keep from having a stroke, to console me, CDW man says this. Well, you know, Mr. Class, you wouldn't have received that until March anyway.
2: What, What did you say? You wouldn't receive that until March
0: anyway. Those are on back order till March. Okay, I'm not even. 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 Mr. Class, yes?
2: Would you like to get... This is a...
0: This is... Not maybe a, an absolute direct quote because I, part of my brain was blacking out. I was absolutely losing sensation. I was like a black cloak was being lowered over my head as he said this. But give or take a word or two, a syllable here or there. He says this to me as I'm going. Don't even know the March. You wouldn't even get it till March. And the orders cancel. And my brain is just like, oh, and he says to me, Mr. Class. um, Would you like to order something else? Do I want to order something else? Why? When would it get here? October 2099? Why the hell, sir, would I want to order anything from your company ever again? You, sir, ruined Christmas. Now, do you remember when I thought I lost my phone? Remember that? Remember Tim Coyne? You know, my friend, my phone. And do you remember when I lost my phone? I thought I lost my phone. I temporarily had misplaced my phone. It's true. I left my phone in a taxi in New York City. Do you remember what my biggest concern was? Was my biggest concern, A, replacing the phone? Or B, telling my wife
2: I lost the phone. That's right, it was B. So now I have to, Christmas is ruined. Do you understand? Christmas is ruined by
0: CDW. Hey, eat it, man. If you, hey, listen, they can't sue me because I'm telling the truth. So CDW, you ruined my Christmas. I now have to call and tell my wife
2: that the big kahuna, ain't, it ain't coming. It ain't coming." Her
0: reaction, of course, was one-one-thousand-one, one thousand two. If you had only ordered it when I sent you the email, I know, I know, I screwed up, I know, just because we'd never spoken about it, ever. You sent me that email with about four words in it, and I should have deciphered from that that you actually meant for me to buy it right then and there without ever discussing it. I know, Christmas is ruined, don't you get it? But again, like with any spousal, you know, if you have the quiet one and then the like talky, talky, yelly, yelly one, she needs to talky, talky, yelly, yelly about it for 20 minutes on the phone where I would like to really get on the Internet and on the telephone simultaneously and try to find the big kahuna somewhere because I got no other ideas. And we've got accessories. Listen, all the stuff that came with it, we got a little thing here, a little thing there that came from Amazon days ago. So I'm I'm calling, because I'm not going to my top tier places because top right they're going to be sold out. I'm trying to think of not first thought places to try to track down the big Kahuna. So I'm calling here. I'm calling there. Are they got it? Do they have it? Do they have it? Do they have it? No, 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 no. So now as I'm doing this, and I'm literally I'm calling places on my phone and looking for it online at the same time. Now as I do this, my wife calls
2: and says. I just went and I'm going
0: to name names because or the other reason I went I don't remember if she said she went or she called Best Buy. Now we just and and, and I have my problems with Best Buy. Did I, I told you that I tried to return those cables to Best Buy? Did I tell you that I finally figured out that the way they rang up those cables and the TV is all funky. I still got to deal with returning those cables. I still have $70 worth of HDMI cables. But, 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 but. She said, I called uh, Best Buy. And I'm like, why did you do that? There's no way. And they didn't have them. Well, of course they didn't have them. But, huh? Huh? Scooby? She actually said, but she said, I called Best Buy. They didn't have them, but. But they got a shipment of about 75 of them down in the Torrance store. I'm heading down there now.
2: My wife. Saved Christmas. Now, even though it was not my fault that CDW committed unholy acts upon me. I oh,
0: it was just bad. It was bad. I mean, I was relieved, but it was bad because they, you know, listen, I felt like I screwed up. In the beginning, my wife, apparently either, yeah, she felt like I screwed up or certainly, you know, yelled like it. And I thought I came through, and then I, and then I just blew it, and then she had to clean up the mess. And I knew, I just knew who was going to get ugly that night. That she had to write in on her
2: White, you know, 700 horses. She never said a word about it. Not a word. That night she just said,
0: oh yeah, the kahuna's in the trunk. We probably shouldn't leave it out there because it's raining so hard. I'll go get it. I went and got it. There it was. Oh man. Looking good, feeling good, have it in my hands. No more waiting, no more five to nine days. No more CDW and dead
2: links and all that stuff. Not a word, not a peep, not a look. Man, she saved Christmas. in more ways than one.
0: Christmas Tree. Because we are incredibly cheap, every year my wife and I buy our Christmas tree at the local home renovation store slash migrant worker congregation area. See, instead of paying the gross national product of a small European nation for the honor of having a dying tree in our living room, we go to Home Depot and pay half the gross national product of the European nation, to have a dying tree in our living room, and spend the money we save replacing the tree stands and extension cords that we can't find from last year's trip. Yes, even though we have the same fondness for crowds as, say, Jean Paul Sartre, uh, hell is, after all, other people, we would rather mill about a needle strewn parking lot with other hapless bargain shoppers than spend $200 to prop up our ornaments. Yes, I know. Clearly, somewhere along the way, I have lost the Christmas spirit. I assume it's largely because Christmas is for A, the economy, B, people who like to check in with God at midnight mass once a year and see children. I am none of those, although I often feel like Linus from It's Christmas Time, Charlie Brown. Except when I do the big speech at the end about how Christmas has become too commercialized, should be about love and brotherhood, I end it by cracking a cashier on the ass with the wet corner of my security blanket. I am Linus, in middle age, who has long since given up on Santa and the great Pumpkin and just wants to get a tree that no one will compare to Charlie Brown's and get the hell back home. Not that home is any great paradise or anything, but it is, after all, home. Now, even though the day and or time of our arrival at the parking lot turned winter wonderland varies from year to year, one thing is for certain. Whenever we arrive, I am not in the mood. At all. Now, you'd think I would would be, or at least could eventually be in the mood. After all, Christmas is here and closing fast, and my family has gathered to find the tree. Now, maybe the problem is that wandering among the bargain Douglas firs propped up against a chain-link fence doesn't exactly jibe with my fondest childhood Christmas tree memories. I still think back, rather wistfully, at the year my mother decided that we'd be getting our tree not from a Christmas tree lot, but from a Christmas tree farm a farm a farm that grows christmas trees we were living in rochester new york in a town called parenton on the line between rural suburban and way too rural and even though we were living in what felt like uh, compared to the suburbs the middle of nowhere we drove further into the middle of nowhere to chop down a tree i can still picture my mother practically skipping through the crisp shin deep snow merrily examining every seventh or eighth tree as the other three of us trudged alongside, deeper and deeper into the rows and rows of conifers. The air was magnetic, painfully sharp and crisp, sun reflecting on the perfect surface of the recently fallen snow. Perry Como started crooning in my head, or was it David Cassidy? Well, eventually my mother stopped and pressed her mittened hands to her face, this is the one, she sighed. My father swung his saw into position. Yes, I know, an actual axe would have made this little scenario perfect, but he brought a saw. And he went to work. My sister and I watched, my mother practically giggling in her galoshes as we harvested our first bomb. And I seem to remember my father being miserable the entire time. Maybe it was me. Now, looking back, I assume it was because he knew that he would have to chop the thing down, drag it to the car, tie it on the roof of the car, drive it home without losing it, drag it into the house, and fix it into the stand. And while all this was going on, the temperature would drop 30 degrees, the wind would reach gale force, and all just in time for him to hang the lights on the house. I think of him every year as we pull into the Home Depot parking lot. Our process of finding a tree is roughly the polar opposite of skipping through the snowy hilltops of upstate New York. We pull into the parking lot of Home Depot, and my wife and I begin berating each other for not making sure the kids brought sweatshirts and mittens. We walk past the area where they're trimming the stumps of the trees with a chainsaw with our eyes practically closed to protect ourselves from being blinded before we even begin our search. We enter the selling area, head straight for the cheap trees—there's no need to buy an expensive tree at a home center— and begin arguing and yelling at the kids to stay close by. My wife condescendingly rolls her eyes again when I admit that I didn't bring my little knife again and have no way of easily cutting the string off the hog-tied trees. I'm given the job of holding up a few previously scrutinized trees while my family makes unflattering remarks about them, as if the tree is at some kind of consultation with a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. Soon my wife will decide that any tree that has already been unwrapped, examined in rejection, must be subpar. Then we go about untying and eyeballing trees at random. You cannot imagine how incredibly fruitful this approach can be. You almost can't imagine how sarcastic I'm being. Now this is just about the time our jacketless, mittenless children begin to freeze. Now, yes, it may not be winter by East Coast standards, but it is winter in North America just the same, which means little kids with little clothing standing around while their parents grind their teeth at each other will eventually begin to shiver. Now, this is about the time that our son will notice a classmate is also shopping for a Christmas tree with his or her parents and begin to act much like a middle-aged man who is running into his ex-wife for the first time after a lengthy and bitter divorce. He will quietly slip behind a rejected spruce, muttering under his breath, until they are gone. The classmates' parents always seem perfectly relaxed and joyful to me. So now I am grumpy and ever so slightly suicidal. Eventually, we will somehow narrow our choice down to two perfectly adequate trees, usually because someone in our party is in fear of starvation or convulsive shivers. My job becomes holding up these trees, one in each hand, while we all try to convince ourselves that we can decorate around the holes. Soon, we will be paying for our find, having the trunk trimmed, and getting pine shards in our eyes. Now, I think we can all agree that doing the same thing the same way over and over and expecting different results is a sure sign of insanity. So this method of tree shopping could not go on forever. After years of buying our trees in discount lots, we have now, finally, Got the whole process down to a science. A science I will pass on to you, dear listener. I am about to change your life, my friend, and you can thank me later. Okay. Go into the tree lot. Go to the area where they display the trees you are interested in buying. Do not examine the trees. Do not unwrap the trees. Do not touch the trees. You are not looking for a tree. You are looking for a couple. You are looking for a couple who has been there for an hour or so, going over and over each tree until they've narrowed their choice down to two perfectly equal trees. You're looking for sharp, meticulously quaffed couples who have done all, all the work for you. He is standing there holding two specimens of relative yule-tide perfection and she is trying hard to make a somewhat arbitrary decision and you are standing by to take home the runner-up. You're welcome. Now the downside of this method, of course, is that you have to go to the Christmas tree lot when the meticulously quaff couples are there, which is usually when you're not. I'm usually there when the place is packed with other dads holding lopsided trees while their wives scrutinize every needle and the kids methodically shiver and whine in an attempt to get an unscheduled hamburger. Like all good parents, my wife and I try to muddle through and find the perfect tree to symbolize the perfect Christmas we'd like to give our kids. Like all normal humans, we eventually settle on one whose shortcomings we think we can decorate around and start searching around for the nearest burger. Now, luckily for us, there is a McDonald's right inside Home Depot. Now, yes, I am usually the last person to take my kids to McDonald's for many reasons, not the least of which is I'm not sure the food there is actually food. All right, nothing in the world, nothing in the world gives me a headache quite as fast as a quarter pounder. And I find this quite odd considering I am exposed constantly to incredibly annoying people. What could possibly be in a quarter-pounder that is so objectionable to my system that I have a more severe reaction to that than to, say, the stage mom from my son's former preschool who's always complaining to me about how much her buck-toothed son is working in movies? All right, I must admit, I love the taste of a quarter-pounder. No cheese. But I digress. A couple Christmas trips ago, was the quintessential trip, the trip against which all others will be measured until I can wear my wife down after the kids have moved out and buy an artificial. We arrived later than we'd hoped. It was colder than we'd imagined. I had to give my jacket and gloves to one of the kids. No, you were supposed to make sure they brought their jackets. No, you were. And we found a tree that was symmetrical from at least one angle. Now, all we had to do was pay the folks their money Get the bottom of the tree lopped off, throw it on top of the car, and get home. Now, in an act of self-preservation, my wife and I decided she'd take the kids into Home Depot to get a couple replacement extension cords and a plastic tree skirt and then head over to Mickey D's for some shut-up food. While I waited in line with the tree. No problem, I said. Great idea, I said. They get warm and fed. I get a little peace and quiet. The problem with the plan is that I was left alone. Alone to be bored, with no one to keep in line or accuse of being too picky about Christmas trees. Alone, surrounded by my fellow man and woman. See, apparently, some people quite enjoy Christmas tree shopping. They enjoy waiting in line, chit-chatting aimlessly with whomever is behind them in line. Kept warm by an overpriced latte in a paper cup and holiday cheer quickly the ease with which they enjoy themselves starts to drive me crazy. And I become enraged by the fact that I am standing there enraged while they're having a grand old time. Now, I know I should succumb to my surroundings and the time of year and just let the energy of the day lift me, I know. But I can't get past the fact that I'm standing in the cold, damp parking lot with a cut-rate tree surrounded by these happy idiots while my family is inside all warm and toasty and ordering fries. Now, of course I'm getting hungry, which just makes things worse. Hopefully, any second now my family will come back and maybe I can leave the chattering shopper's nest and go get myself some corporate burgers, headache be damned. But they don't return. I inch. Further and further along the line, eventually paying for the tree, and then getting into the second line to have the bottom hacked off. Still no wife, no kids. My food panic worsens. I look around to see who else is starting to look pale from hunger. Everyone else is acting like there's absolutely nothing wrong, still chatting away without a care in the world. Surely only about ten minutes have gone by because that's what my watch keeps insisting, but it feels like ours, and I can't believe my family has left me stranded out here in the middle of nowhere, apparently for the rest of my life. Well, eventually the tree is mine, fully and completely. Paid for, trimmed, and shoved into a net to bind it into the shape of a Christmas stogie. I've rammed it into a shopping cart, and I'm wheeling it through the parking lot when I finally see them. The traitors smiling at me from inside the car, burger buns stuck in their teeth. My little daughter, the worst of them all, is waving her fries at me, standing in the driver's seat, my driver's seat. It is then that I decide they must be punished. Punished for leaving me to die of starvation. Uh, the kids were cold, so we came in here to eat, explains my wife, as if that was a perfectly good explanation for their mutiny. Oh, we knew you'd bring the tree back, so we thought we'd just wait here. And here you are. Indeed. I tried to throw the back hatch of our wagon open, but those damn things are always dampened by some kind of shock absorber that turns your furious throwing of the door into a tiny whoosh. I knew right then that my male fury would play better if I drove a big SUV or a pickup truck. I could throw power tools into the back and really bang around with a tire iron or some uh, hunting gear. Instead, all I can find is a small blanket that we used to protect the top of the car from the tree and an empty Kleenex box. Well, I grabbed up the bundle of rope that I brought along and began tying down the tree, careful not to dislodge the little blanket underneath. First a little rail on the top of the car... Couldn't they tell I was angry? And then I fed the rope through the windows to ensure that the tree wouldn't fall off halfway home. I was freezing out there while they were eating hamburgers. My wife and son took turns insisting that they could help. Yeah, nice try, traitors. But I just kept on strapping down the tree. I'll show you. In and out went the rope. I don't need you! Around the rails. Back through the windows until it was almost run out. Then I tied it off with a rough tug of the knot. Mm. I gave them each a hard look one by one, as I slowly reached for the door handle on the driver's side. The door wouldn't open. I had bound the doors of the car shut. All four of them, tied through the windows, shut. I have to admit, looking back, all three of them were gracious enough to at least try to stifle their guffaws as I shimmied through the car window, hero style, and started the engine. It is very hard to stay mad at your beautiful family once you've clumsily lowered yourself through an open window, no matter how irrational you'd been just seconds before. There is something very leveling about failing that thoroughly while you're trying to make a big show out of nothing. Perry Como started crooning in my head. Or was it David Cassidy? Something about dreaming of a white Christmas. I knew that I just had to get the thing home. My wife and I would spend a couple of hours trying to figure out if it was toppling over because the stand was too big or too small, eventually we'd get it upright and we'd decorate it with lights and ornaments and top it with an angel my wife and I bought our first Christmas together, rung up by the most unsightly cashier either of us had ever seen before in our lives. Yes, soon enough we would all be singing along to the same Christmas albums we'd played forever and dimming the room lights to better stare at the tree. And I would, once again, thank the stars that I got to spend another Christmas in the most beautiful
1: room in the world.
0: So that's it for this holiday edition of The Bitterspill. Thank you so much for downloading. And, um, you know, thanks for hanging in there this year. Uh, It's always great to know that you're out there. Uh, You know, if I know. If I don't know, uh, send me an email. Let me know you're out there. Anyway, happy holidays. A special thanks to the cast and crew of Animal Rescue Force Friends for their brilliant rendition of Wish You a Merry Christmas. Check uh, ARF out at ARFF.tv. There's a... new episode out now. I hope <laughs> with the, the the official music video for that little dude. And uh yeah. Also, if you're a fan of horror, uh y- you know, I've made no uh I've made no secret of the fact that I'm a big fan of Scott Sigler's, you know, Pod uh, Podtastic Future Dark Overlord uh Scott Sigler. Well, listen, Mr. Sigler's going to make a serious run at the New York Times bestseller list. Now, Contagious, his latest hardcover. Yeah, the guy's come this is basically the hardcover number two in one calendar year. Nice. Uh yeah, you gotta check out Contagious. It goes on sale officially December 30th. You can pre-order now. But listen, if you want to be part of this kind of uh well not kind of historic uh, uh you know development, a podcast author. Essentially, making the New York Times—that's the big Cahoon of lists. Uh, pre-order, you know, pre-order, "Contagious." I'm gonna, I'm gonna order two. In fact, I'm ordering one for Big Dan. Don't tell him it's for his birthday. Okay. And uh, for a, an even better cause, sorry, Scott, but um, I'm gonna play a song. I'm gonna play a song called uh, "If Every Day Were Christmas" by Pod Safe for Peace. This is a group of vocalists. Who have made names for themselves or contributed their talents or whatever to podcasting over the last, you know, four years plus. Includes, uh, gosh, Brother Love and Chance, Slough, one of my favorite vocalists, Donna from uh, Amplifico. It's really late at night, I hope I just said that right. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, too numerous for me to think of right now, actually, sorry. But um, yeah, all proceeds uh, for this song go to UNICEF. It's only a dollar. Go get one. I know it's late in the year. Listen, get it now and save it for next year. I'm still listening to last year's song. I'm still listening to songs from the 70s. 60s, 50s. Okay. Anyway, go to Podsafe for peace. You know what? Go go to TheBearSpill.com. I don't remember the URL of hand and I'm freezing, so I got to go. But listen. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. I will talk to you very soon. Peace.
1: Snow outside my window feels like that time again to me. The mistletoe, a Christmas show, and the lighting of that famous Christmas tree. Yeah. People are shopping for their loved ones. I'm making plans for a Christmas Pills produced by jacket media jacketmedia.com makers of fine podcasts since 2004. All right,
0: thank you for listening. This has been a repodcast of a uh, premium pill episode number 159. Christmas time is here again. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you found it entertaining. The gift was a wee. All right, if you want to get the pill free for a month, just sign up sometime between uh, December 10th, 2011. In January, uh, I don't know, fourth, 2012, 30 days, free premium pill for you, and then uh, you know cancel, or then you just become a premium pill subscriber, and that's your fault.
1: Okay, okay, thank you.